Welcome to the Strut with Chili, TD, and Info Joe. Fans, here's your other sports roundup. Women's and men's tennis are involved in the Wake Forest Collegiate Invitational Tournament. Women began on Thursday the 21st, men began on Friday the 22nd, and they both were in action through Saturday the 23rd. Also on Friday the 22nd, women's soccer lost to Arkansas Little Rock 2-1. Women's volleyball lost at Texas State 3-0. On Saturday the 23rd, women's volleyball will win 3-0 at UT Arlington, and women's soccer on Saturday will win 1-0 against Arkansas State. All right, you're all caught up. Let's get back to the strut. CD, Info Joe, Teal Nation, Strut Nation. Welcome to 54 minutes of the podcast blasting from Conway, where teal all day. Skip recess because I don't play. Ask how to be a champ. I'll write you an essay. Ring on display. No need for delay. Number one in your survey. Leave you in disarray. Tell me to stop winning. I'll disobey. CCU sports podcast called The Strut. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in for another edition of The Strut Podcast. That was a good one. That was a really good one. I just want to say that right now. That was a really good one, Joe. And you were nodding your head during that one. You're on fire with that one, Steve. You're on fire. (laughs) That That was good. That was good. Well, hey, welcome everybody back to the uh, Strut Podcast, Teal Nation. Uh, we come to you for the first time this year uh, on the other side of, uh, of our first loss. Going to do some breakdown analysis of the App State game and then also some looking ahead and break down the Thursday game versus Troy. But as we always do, uh, Chile will break us down the numbers. You'll get Joe's analysis from the booth and then you'll get my analysis uh, as a player and also from uh, from our fans' perspective, whose family went up there for the game. And uh, Chili, go ahead and take us off, man. All right, so our final score was 30-27 at victory. Uh, Grayson McCall, 15 of 23, 291 with one touchdown. Uh, his counterpart, Bryce, 18 of 28, 347 and two touchdowns. On the ground, uh, we had White was our leading rusher, nine carries, 37 yards. For them, Noel, 16 carries, 85 yards. Uh, Peoples did have two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Receiving-wise, Hiley was our leading guy, six catches for 103 yards. Brown had three catches for 98 and a touchdown. For App State, Williams, obviously their leading receiver, 10 catches, 206 yards, one touchdown. And then Sutton was a close second with six receptions for 113 yards and a touchdown. Defensively, Gallagher were the leading tackler, 11, to- 11 total tackles, six solo. Spillum had 10 total with six solo tackles. Uh, Kelly, nine total with three solo tackles. Uh, also, Gallagher had one forced fumble and two tackles for loss. Stokes had a fumble recovery, and I think for the first time in a few weeks, guys, we had a game with no quarterback sacks. I don't know if we, I, I can't remember if we had a game so far this year with no quarterback sacks, but this, if, if, that's, if we've had one every game so far, this is the first one we had without a quarterback sack. Yeah, a lot to, uh, lot to unpack and digest from some, you know, some of those numbers. From my view in the radio booth the other night, it was a, uh, it's a great atmosphere to begin with. Terrific. I mean, that's it, it, the best in the Sun Belt. Uh, you don't get, you know, 31,000 people on a Wednesday night, you know, <laughs> you know, a winning program with a lot of tradition, a lot of history, you know, a lot of pedigree, a lot of expectation, you know, and they showed up and showed out and, you know, their credit, they, they, they pulled out through app was just better than us the other night, you know, and it came down to one kick at the end of the game. Um, some things happened in this game that I didn't really expect to happen. You know, we talked about our analysis last week, things that we needed to do to win and, you know, things that if, if we didn't do, we might be in trouble. We, we lost both lines of scrimmage in a way that I really didn't expect. You know, I was not expecting or anticipating that. I mean, you just heard the numbers right there that, 
chilly game. I mean, we ran for a grand total of 55 yards in the game. We didn't have any quarterback sacks. We only had three quarterback hurries on the night of Chase Bryce. I mean, he got he whatever time he wanted. He had a clean pocket to throw from, whereas Grayson McCall scrambled almost all night long. I mean, he was sacked several times. They harassed him, moved him around, and, you know, give App credit. They won both lines of scrimmage from, you know, from where I was sitting. And so they, uh, you know, they get credit for that. The game really started, from my view, as exactly how I thought it would. Honestly, I thought we would. I thought we would come out hot. You know, that's the seventh consecutive game this season where we started with the first possession touchdown. You know, we we stop them on fourth down, we go and score, stop them again, and then we hit them with a big one. You know, as Grayson scrambling, he finds Cam Brown over the middle. Boom, seventy-four yards. Next thing you know, it's fourteen nothing, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, you know, we got this thing going exactly the way. I hoped, and exactly the way we need. And then, I mean, last play of the quarter, it's third and nine. And, you know, we're going to talk about this onside kick here in a few minutes. That was the play that I think really kind of energized their people and energized their team. They hit us with a big one on third and nine, end of the quarter. And then two plays later, they're in the end zone, and it's 14-7. And all of a sudden, you know, we had that place quiet. We had that place quieted down after our first two scores. And then they hit us with that one with Malik Williams who just killed us all night long. And I know TD is going to he, – he, he's got some things to say about that. But, you know, they hit us with that one, touchdown, and then they come out and run maybe the best onside kick, one of the best surprise onsides I've ever seen, honestly. Give them credit. That kid bunted that ball over there. <laughs> I look up and I'm like, we don't have anybody in Watauga County that's going to get that ball. Dang. You know, they got us there. They got us. I mean, they got us. And then they turned that into a touchdown like two plays later. And in about two minutes of game action, we went from 14 nothing to 14 all and it was you know it was game on after that so and the fans were back in it too yes they were yes they were and we had our chance and they stole a possession and hit us with a couple of big plays and that's that's what that's what teams do you know that there there are two teams out there playing you know there are two teams trying to win it ain't just one there are two and they got good players and good coaches and they got us on a couple of things and you know it, it was it was a dog fight from there on out yeah, from from my perspective, you know, as, as a fan, as as a, as a former letter winner, um, I agree with Joe. Fourteen nothing. In the times that uh, as a player went there once, and then as a fan, uh, obviously the last three out of five years. Uh, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to sit here and lament. What I'm going to do, as as from my perspective, is and I text y'all this is I'm gonna cover it from my perspective. Then I'm gonna add one or two little thoughts. First is. Um, Bryce did have a clean, clean pocket, and and um, and McCall did, and that was one thing. Uh, second thing I saw too was after the fourteen points were scored, Joe's right. This is not for moral victory for those that listen to the podcast. Uh, again, thank y'all for that ones that do, the ones that were up at App State and say they did. We're very grateful. And then, by the way, there were no, gentlemen. There were a number of people who listened to our podcast and found it to be very informative. So. That was the quietest I've ever heard Kid Brewer Stadium. 14 nothing. There might have been 542 Coastal fans there, and we were as loud. They heard us echoing across the stadium. I mean, we had the momo on our side. Even when they scored, you know, Joe and I talked about this via text. Even when they scored, we still had momentum. But that onside kick did change the dynamic of the game, but we didn't lose it there. We didn't lose it on bad referee calls. We didn't lose it on no calls. We didn't lose it on that. What we did lose it on was we were not working within the framework or construct of our offense the way we typically do. I touched on this in the last podcast. The keys to the game were as such. If they could expose the middle third of our field, we would have trouble. Interesting enough, outside of the one play Joe talked on in the first half, we actually held our own for those post patterns and seams and skinnies. Uh, and and uh, we, we actually, I was very, very pleased to see our safeties um, played that very well. What ultimately started to happen was the damn off tackle zone started to work for them. And I told you when that started to work, the play action would start working. And when the play action started working, that was when it was going to give trouble to our safeties, and ultimately it did. Um, 
when the when the, I mean they didn't run but for what a buck something and change right between two backs. I mean Noel had eighty five rushing yards. I mean they didn't have they typically average a running back with over hundred yards a game, and he had eighty five yards in that. I mean so there are things that you can hang your hat on as a defense. Yes, I think we had we may have had what sixty some yards of rushing offense, but McCall threw for two ninety one. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, when it was 14-14, we get that fumble. If Stokes doesn't get tripped up by an offensive lineman, he's in the end zone. And let me tell you something, sports fans, Teal Nation, he scores there. Any and all momentum on that onside kick, which was, by the way, brilliantly called, brilliant plan and executed, you got to give credit credits to as a ball player. You got to do that. You ha- as much as I hate to do it, those jackasses who wear gold and black, and I had to listen to that. F coastal, F coastal the entire way out. I got my fill of it. But in three years, we've closed the gap, and I'm gonna touch on that in a minute. Um, I'm still a little lathered up, but in a different way from that game. Uh, most of their fans were good, but they did have a handful of fans that, if they say it's not a rivalry, that's interesting because they 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 handled it more like a rivalry than we did. I can promise you that. But then we were up what 20 to 14 after the field goal in the next half. They scores 21-20. We then um, score. They score, make it 27-20. They botched an extra point. And then, you know, we lose the game 30-27. to But um, my concern was those last four minutes, if we did not score points in the prior four minutes, because games are working in four-minute segments, for those that don't know, when you look at it that way, when the defense did their job. So for all things, it sounds like the defense did their job. I'm not saying the offense didn't, but the defense – Definitely gave our team opportunities in the second half with two three and outs and a turnover inside the five. Uh, by the way, that review of I think I think the the man crush that was that is McConzo. Yeah, that, that was the man crush. Yeah, definitely had his thigh and his knee again, thigh knee in the end zone ball control. But again, they reviewed it. It is what it is. You move on. So. What do we learn from this? In three years, in, in three games in less than five years that we've played them, in five years period, we lost to their place by 19. We beat them by 13 at our place and lost to them by three. What they don't realize is, and I hope App State fans listen to this podcast and you take it and heed our warning. In three years, we have caught you. Just know that. And and, and Teal Nation and, and Strut Podcast Nation, I'm telling you, there's going to be a test this Thursday night that we'll touch on later that Joe and I and Chili will touch on later. But let me tell you something. Joe's right. If you want to beat App consistently every year, you got to put cheeks in the seat and money in the program, buddy, because that's what they've done. And 31000 on a Wednesday night should be commended. And it was a great atmosphere. Our guys did not play to their best, and their guys had to play all out to their best. Don't be shocked though if App State drops a game in, in the next five and we're sitting right there. For those who don't realize, we're only a half game out of first place. We're not a full game. The tiebreaker goes to App, but if they drop a game, we are in if we win out. And that starts this Thursday with Troy, who's coming in off of 12 days rest, who's been licking their chops. They see this. How do we respond as a program, a fan base, an alumni base? But to put a bow on it for me with App State, Look, if they thought App State was that bad, we'd have fell out of the top 25 completely. We didn't. We're sitting there at 24. They're receiving votes. They go out and beat a ULM team who's much improved. And we touched on this. Remember that, gentlemen? Much improved. In one year, they are much improved. Uh, beat Liberty, who was a 30-and-a-half-point favorite. And guess who, guess who visits Kid Brewer Stadium this Saturday at 3.30? ULM. And I sent the text to Joe and Chili. How much did App State expend to win that game? We're going to find out. Absolutely. Um, before we slide into the uh, Troy breakdown, and I've got the Twitter results from last week and stuff. Um, TD, you, me and you and Joe, before we started recording, we're talking a little bit about like culture and where we are as a program and all that good stuff. And you made a really good point. And I want to give you a chance to talk about that just for a minute, too, about where we see App State is and where we're going and some of the things that we have to do to get not only to where App State's level is, but keep working to go beyond that. Can you talk for a minute about that? Yeah, and I, like Joe really to chime in. I like Joe to chime in, too, on this. 
if you want to be not App State, but better than App State, Thursday night's your first opportunity. 90% chance of a half inch of rain, coming off of a loss, ESPN2, Troy's coming in town. Are you going to find a way not to go? Or are you going to find a way to go? And I'm going to send a shot off the bow right here. There are other lead, there are other fan bases who have allegiances to other institutions in this state. One in Columbia, South Carolina. If you want to be a typical Gamecock fan and don't show up after your team loses, do that. Or you can be a coastal fan and show up Thursday night. A little bit of rain on your back, a little bit of rain on your face. Your team just lost. Everybody's doubting you. And the other piece is, too, I saw posts where there were people who made comments, and this year, right to make this comment. I'm wrong for taking this maybe to another level, but as a former letter winner, losing a game doesn't take the pressure off by no means about going undefeated. If anything, it pisses you off that that's the mentality of people around your program. It should be the momentum of each win carries you to the next one. I was fortunate enough to be a part of a lot of great teams in four years, and we won the conference three out of four years. And I understand it was a different arena. It was FCS. It was a different time. But you know what? We had to go out and play some of the best at the time that we could play. And everybody is knocking our schedule. Well, guess what? App State's on that schedule. And if they thought our schedule was that bad, we'd have fallen from 14 completely out, and we didn't. Louisiana and App State, in all fairness, could win their next two ball games, and we could have three ranked teams in the Sun Belt again, as we did for a moment last year. So I'll say this. Here's your challenge, Stir Up Podcast Nation and Till Nation. Don't be a Gamecock fan. Don't be fair weather. Show up Thursday night. Be loud and proud. You know, be 18, 20,000 strong on a night that nobody's expecting. Right? Your team needs it. The culture that you're trying to leave as a fan and as an alumni and as a, as a supporter, whether you buy a T-shirt or give a dollar some other way, that's where you got to show up. And if I'm calling people out on something, then look, and we're friends, don't take it personal. Actually, yeah, might you might want to take it personal because you graduated from Coastal Carolina University. You didn't graduate from somewhere else. And I'll give App State fans credit. They hate North Carolina. They hate NC State. They hate anybody in their damn state except App State. And I'll give them credit. They live, breathe, and, 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 and love it every day. Okay? I passed a 78-year-old woman with a walker going up a hill that most 29-year-olds can't get up. She had her damn black and gold on, baby, and she was going. How many people are we going to get like that, you know? Uh, I know there's levels of being a fanatic, and I'm not, you know, to each his own, but you can be a proud alumnus or a supporter or a fan, but we need you there. We need you there Thursday night, 30 minutes before game time, in there being loud and proud. And I'm off my soapbox. Well said, TD. Joe, do you want anything to it? I'm not saying a word. Uh, no. I mean, the defense rests. I mean, I think he's exactly right. I mean, I, you know, now, now is the time to come out. I mean, just because you lose, I mean, that's when you, that's when your people need to, you know, they, they need the support. I mean, no excuse not to be there. Appalachian State got beat. They got hammered by Louisiana. A lot of doubt in their program. A lot of people on, on social media, you know, wringing their hands. They don't, they don't know which end is up. And then they got a Wednesday night game and 31,000 people show up. And it's not easy to get there. No, okay? no, no, look, no. I can promise you there's not 31,000 people within 30 minutes of Boone that can go to that game. I assure you of that. So, again, if, I, if I'm challenging you in a very direct way as a fan base, good. As a, you know, look, as a former player, I understood my role when I played. So, I'm nobody more important than the next. But for our guys to come out on Thursday night and they see 18, 20,000 strong on a Thursday night, I'm telling you, it will mean more than you realize. And it will come not, back to you. It will come, it will back, come to back to you. It will come back to you. We're not out of this thing, y'all. We went out, which is very doable. They dropped one. We are in the Sun Belt title game. All things are still in front of this program. I, I'm going to say it now. I'm going to say this now. And, and if I wind up having to eat crow, I'll bring some salt and pepper and some, you know, Morton's Nature seasoning to put on it a little bit later. But I'm going to say this. I, I am convinced. I am convinced that we will have our destiny in our hands come November 26th as far as the championship game goes. 
we will have our path to the championship game in our own hands. I, I, I believe it. I think it's going to happen. If it doesn't, I'll be a stand-up guy and come back and say that I was wrong. No problem. I'm wrong about something every day. But I think we will have our destiny in our hands on November 26th, period. And I'm looking forward to having the uh, Strut Podcast Championship Edition. Me too. I'd love to. Let's look at Troy, guys. Let's do it. Uh, Troy's coming into the game with a 4-3 and three overall record, 2-1 and one in Sunbelt Conference play. Uh, before I jump into their stuff, I just I was reading some stats and some standings looking at Troy. I just realized that out of the five teams in the Sunbelt East, four of those five teams have a two-in-one conference record. It's wild right now. It's a wild it's west wild. in the East. <laughs> uh, Troy, so far this season, uh, they won against Southern 55-3, lost to Liberty 21-13. They beat Southern Miss 21-9, lost to ULM 29-16, lost to the Gamecocks 23-14. They beat Georgia Southern 27-24, and then their last game, they beat Texas State 31-28. Uh, so far this season, they've scored 25 points per game, given up 19 and a half. They've been averaging 112, almost 113 rushing yards per game and giving up 94.9. Passing-wise, 241.7 per game, giving up 191.4. Uh, total offense, they have amassed 354.6 yards per game while giving up 285.9 per game. That's the Tory Trojans. Yeah, defensively, they uh, that that's where they're making their hay this season. Typically, Troy is a very good offensive football team. It's on the defensive side of the ball where they're really slowing people down and and keeping themselves in ball games and winning ball games. So you got to give them a lot of credit. Good, you know, good defensive team. They only allow, you know, two hundred eighty-six yards of total offense and ninety-four on the ground. You know, twenty points a game. They're 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 ranked. Thirty yards per game. They're first in the conference, only ahead of us. Seventh nationally, as we are twenty-fourth nationally in total yards per game, points per game allowed on defense. They are second, only behind us. Uh, again, we're at seventeen. That we're they're at nineteen point six. So here's the other thing. This real quick, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to uh, y'all know me. On, I'm on schedule again. You know, trying to keep things linear, but and and then you know delineate it the best I can, but. We held App State to 30 points, and they held us, yes, to 27. But App State has scored that many points or more against some other quality teams this year. This is the same Troy team that lost to ULM, the same team that we beat, right, and the same ULM team that just beat Liberty. Liberty's a pretty good program. We've touched on this. You know, they held a South Carolina team in check, which has a pretty net offense. You know, again, that's not a jab for those that listen to this. I'm not constantly jabbing at South Carolina, but they just – they are. I mean, this is – South Carolina has the same offense. Had to kick a damn field goal to beat Vanderbilt. Uh, I'm not laughing about it. It's just stats are what they are. Our biggest challenge is this. Can we work within the areas of our offense that do well? There were plays, and, and again, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to come on here and overly criticize Stags or Chadwell or, or or an individual athlete. There's no victor in that, right? Because it, it takes 11 on you know, on the field on either side of the ball. I will offer this though: their defense is damn good. They're actually, I think, better overall than App State. I think we just got out of the construct of our offense. Now, I heard a comment on the black and gold podcast for App State that their offense matched up better against our defense. I think the same thing happens here. I think our offense matches up better against their defense when it comes time on this. I really do. I really do. And um, I think we can do some things here. If we just get back to the basics, I think we have to establish three things. We have to establish the RPO. We have to put people in vulnerable situations. I was correct. Remember that? Hey, by the way, duly noted for the record on a funny note, we did have Greg Latouche out, Greg Latuska out there for the first about four out of seven plays against App, and we definitely tried to get him the ball once. And I think we tried to set up a bubble uh, and some swing passes to him that just ultimately just didn't pan out. But I think you know there's certain plays I'm looking for: RPO, swing pass, hollow reads, and then really working the scene with Lively. You know those are those are some things early on. I think we got to do the one thing that App State did give us trouble on that I know Troy's going to pick up on is the reason they gave us trouble 
on offense. That is the only team. I went back and looked, by the way, just skimmed over it while I was on vacation. Uh, don't let my wife know that. But um, I looked back and watched on YouTube. They were the first team, Joe, Chile, to invert into blitz. So what I mean by that is, folks that are listening, is it's not the technical term, but they ran instead of really putting pressure on the C gap and B gap to the guard tackle, they kept running A-B slants, and, 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 and they kept running blitz within the A-B gaps, where they basically were putting six on five, seven on six. They were constantly overwhelming the interior of our offensive lines. That's why if our O-line looked a, a little more challenging than it had been, they were. They were putting more meat and potatoes on the plate than what we were used to, and ultimately it paid dividends. So if I'm – if I'm Troy and I can emulate that in some form or fashion, I'm doing that. In the words of Nick Saban, I'm going to learn more in one loss than I will in 10 wins. Hopefully we learn more in one loss than we do in 10 wins. Um, so for us, we have to watch out for, I don't say exotic blitzes, but blitzes that we are not accustomed to seeing that are necessarily not exotic. Second, we've got to establish the RPO against this crowd, man. If we don't, it's it's like the play action off tackle uh, zone or, or or stretch play that that app runs. We have got to get them to commit on the RPO, and once we do, everything there from opens up. Um, you know, to to touch on something that Joe and I uh, we were touched on earlier, is I, I think we really saw the lack of a CJ Marable back in our backfield to stretch it, not necessarily horizontal. Because we've got a guy, we got a couple guys that can do that, but to stretch them vertical, we never put DeMarco Jackson in a one-on-one situation. They did it to us though with a couple of our linebackers, and they they found some success in it because of establishing a run, which established the play action and so forth. And so one of the dominoes fell. But even after all that, three-point loss. So uh again, pushing forward with Troy for us, establish the RPO. We have to establish the RPO defensively. You know, I understand we gave up 30 points to App, but if you go back and look at that game, it was not like an overwhelming 30 points. I know that sounds weird to me, and y'all, y'all, y'all tell me. I think the 30 points we gave up were a little misdeceiving. It, it, it didn't feel like, I guess, because it was a tit for tat game, right? It was a, it was, mm-hmm. a, it was two boxers back and forth, and then the card at the end of the game was a 10-9 decision, right? Maybe that's what it was, but you know, that's. Um, I think our offense needs to establish the RPO. We do that, it gives our offense a line time. We have to extend drives two or three more plays to give our defense just that extra blow. But you know what? Our defense showed up two versus out. I know the score is not indicative of that, but they did. You know, they they were vulnerable in select spots, but overall they they did a very solid job considering all things. So yeah, you mentioned Marable, and we were before we started record again, we uh yeah, I mean, we if we can if they bring the blitz, if Troy blitzes like App did, we we need to be able to kind of swing that thing out. We had a couple of nice swing passes the other night against App. I mean, we we worked out a couple of times and had some success. Didn't use it a whole lot, but with Marable, we could go down the field. You know, we could go down the field like you're talking about in a pass game with a back out of the backfield, which pulls a guy out of there, and they don't have the numbers that they you know that App did the other night. You know, so we kind of we if we had that guy out of the backfield, we have. Very capable running backs, but, you know, we, we need to be able to loosen things up a little bit because we don't have the traditional screen game as part of our offense. I mean, I know people say, well, why don't we, we don't run screens. I mean, we just don't run, you know, what you typically see. That's not what this offense is designed around. It's, you know, designed around option and RPO concepts and that kind of thing. But it will be interesting to see how we can hopefully loosen Troy, you know, Troy up a little bit. I mean, defensively, they are a challenge. They're, they're going to be a challenge. And, you know, we're going to have to, like you say, sustain drives, put points on the board when we do. And, you know, for our defense, and I agree, TD, I don't, th- I don't think our defense played poorly. I mean, that is, that's a good team. I mean, that's a good team. You know, there's a reason they won a bunch of games. They're, well, they're this good. Is, they've this got talent. Same. You know, they've got that's talent. Right. They got, you know, Chase Bryce looked like a Heisman Trophy winner. I bet Dabo Swinney was sitting there watching that thing going, man, can we get him back in the portal? You know, I mean, we need a quarterback who can throw the ball all the money. That kid threw the ball all the money. So, you know. We talked about it last podcast. Hey, with a clean pocket, he can make passes. And even with a 
you know, with a with a semi-cleaner or, or kind of muddy pocket, he, he still made some plays. Sure did. Um, I'm sure they would want him back. But that's this challenge when he was at Duke. He got sacked, like, seriously, like 27 times in a season, which is – for those that don't know that, that, that is – Bad. That's basically like two or three sacks a game. When you're living on your back like that, it you know, um, look, that ain't the living that you want. That ain't good, clean living on your back. You know what I'm saying? Clean for those that are care I look for a fast start Thursday night. I look for an energetic start. I think we're going to come out with something to prove. I, you know, I like us in this ball game. I think we're going to come out and make some things happen, be back in front of our fans. It'll be the first time in 26 days on the teal turf. So, you know, hopefully we can bronze somebody, you know, there we go. get a teal yeah. touchdown out of the deal, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking about, you know, y'all had both excellent points as y'all always do, but I was going back to something that um, that didn't happen in the app game that I'm, I'm looking for personally to happen in the Troy game, and that's going to be way more quarterback pressures and more sacks because, um, T.D., you were, when you said about Bryce getting sacked so many times when he was at Duke, to me as, you know, from what I know about football and from as much as I've watched and coached a bit too, essentially a sack is a drive killer. I mean, if you think about it, that, that your whole drive pretty much you're digging out of the hole, just trying to, to matriculate down the field. Um, when you get a sack that, that to me, the drive stops. We had no sacks against App State. And one thing that we talked about you know, getting ready for, the App State podcasting for that game was um, we've got to figure out a way to get a few stops here and there to slow their offense down, you know, to have a chance. And they didn't take the lead until almost halfway through the third quarter of the game when it went up 21-20. So I agree with you guys. The defense, if you look at the score by itself, yeah, that doesn't look too hot. But if you really kind of dig in, everything was pretty decent numbers-wise, except we didn't have any sacks. I, I would have liked to have seen Chase Bryce get knocked down a few times and get sacked for those drive killers that we were talking about. So, so Chili, I want to touch on that. You brought that up. We had opportunities. I remember five distinct opportunities to get him sacked. The one thing that we did not account for is I think we were – I know it's going to sound weird for those listening. I think we were overly aggressive with our routes or alignments to the spot. So, for those who don't know – the defense practices a spot, right? Every quarterback has a spot that they like to settle in the pocket, three yards, five yards, five and a half, six yards, four and a half yards. Everybody has, just like you wake up in the morning, you like to brush your teeth first, you like to do this first. Da, 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 da. Quarterbacks are the same way, receivers, DBs. Everybody has nuances and things that they were, they were repetitive about. I, I noticed that we were at times going to a mark, and he would step up just in time to get away to extend that, which is not necessarily in his forte. Chase Bryce. Again, I know we keep convoluting the, the App State game with the Troy game, but I say that to say this is the quarterback for Troy is 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 decently mobile, right? And they've got a couple playmakers at receiver. Um, they got a couple tall kids at receiver, like two and ten. I watched the Texas State game, I watched the Carolina game, and I watched the Liberty game. They got some playmakers, but um you can get this kid off the spot or off his pins, as I say. You can get him moving around in there. We can create some turnovers. Again, I think we had pressure, but what happened was, if you go back and look at the game, for those I encourage you, always go back and watch our game and watch the next team. Be be informed, be educated about your own team. That way, when you do make a social media post, you know what the hell you're talking about. Second, also, you know before you listen to this podcast and, and, you, and you go to the game, you got a little, you got a little understanding of what's going on around you other than let's buy a ticket, go watch something. So um we got pressure. We just didn't. We just didn't get to the mark, or were able to to, to keep him um, really closed off from 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 getting from getting kind of just free yards that we weren't expect again expecting him to get. Bryce was not someone that we anticipated to. And he did it on five occasions. If you go back and look, he did it on five separate occasions, Joe, where he got out of the pocket and was able to convert and or salvage where they did convert later. All right, well, Troy, and uh, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't shovel the dirt on the app thing here. but uh, Yeah, I'm really ready for it. <laughs> hey, Gunnar Watson's Thank a good quarterback for them. They, they, they've come in. He, he's come in the last couple of games and kind of put a spark in an offense that was going nowhere first few weeks. And, you know, we, we, faced, we faced him before he's a good quarterback. 15's their best wide out. He's going to be one to have to watch. 
Uh, their running game is not terribly effective. Uh, offensive line is okay. You know, again, that, that's from an offensive perspective. Defensively, again, we've touched on how good they are on defense, and we're gonna have we're gonna be challenged there. But I think again, we're we're gonna come out ready. I, I like I like our guys in this one to come out ready and you know want to redeem themselves and you know make the make the climb. You know make the make the charge to the championship game, which again I think I think we'll have we'll we'll eventually have our destiny in our own hands as far as that's concerned. You know, right, I agree, so Go ahead, Chelsea. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to get ready to say, if y'all want to go ahead and have a look at the Twitter results from last week. Yeah. All right, so our question last week was, if Coastal were to join another conference, and I gave you four choices, where do you see Coastal being the most competitive across all sports? Um, and your choices were ACC, SEC, Big 12, and Big 10. Uh, guys, runaway winner, um, 82% of the vote went to the Atlantic Coast Conference. Yep. One of our higher vote getting um, polls, by the way. So 82% say we are most competitive with the Atlantic Coast Conference across all sports. So I think I agree with that, by the way. I, I was leaning Big 12 to begin with, um, but I think in everything but men's basketball, I think we're right there in it. Well, I'm right there in it, but I think we're competitive, which was what the question was. So that was your uh, question of the week. All right, so do y'all want the trivia question first or we want the new poll question first? Whichever one. All right. Whichever one. Go, uh, go, go poll question. All right. And then we'll slide into uh, the Sun Belt slate. So your new poll question this week is, which CCU running back was, in your opinion, the best of the following four running backs. So you're picking the best of the group here. Your choices are Mike Tolbert, D'Angelo Henderson, Lorenzo Taliaferro, or C.J. Marable. Guys, I put this poll up um, before we started broadcasting or recording, I should say. Um, it's been up for roughly an hour and a half. We've already got 30 votes on this thing. Wow, that's awesome. Don't 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 say anybody less. Oh, that's what I was about to ask. <laughs> Fine, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Chilly, no, go no, ahead. I'll, I'll tell you this. Don't 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 say anything. I, I'll tell you this. Okay. Okay. I, go if ahead. I'm answering that question, I'm gonna say best post CCU career, Mike Tolbert. All right. Best right. CCU career, all time CCU career, Hop. I mean, yeah. Hop Anderson. Best yeah. Best individual season as a running back, Zoe. Mm -hmm. And then the best yeah. all around in terms of all purpose would be CJ. So, I mean, yeah. all four of those guys meet a certain criteria, in my opinion, if you, if you were going by that, but really, it's really going to depend on what, what it is you think is the criteria. I, I think it's a fascinating question. I like this. I, like I want to read a comment underneath this. This was just posted um, maybe within an hour. Um, and the comment came from a guy, his Twitter handle is at, Pizza Dickie. That's Pizza Dickie, TD. Um, Pizza Dickie <laughs> writes that, uh, I like this, what he said too, that Hop and Grayson McCall together would have been extremely scary for everybody in college football, pretty much. You know that? I, I thought about, you know, if we had, you know, if, if you could – Ah, never mind. I'm not going to do well, that. I we like we had Hop back. and Alex Ross, who were a pretty good duo. <laughs> I was going to say, I was thinking we had Hop and, and Alex Ross, and they were damn good. I mean, let us Yes, they were. Back-to-back -back years, and in that second year, Ross played with a, a busted-up shoulder after uh, after the second quarter, and, and we we lost by a touchdown to the eventual, again, national champion. So, um, uh, uh. yeah. But, hey, you know – um, that's a great question, man. We're coming up with it, and and, and Strut Nation, Teal Nation, y'all are responding. We keep – look, Chili keeps going to the well, and he keeps bringing gold out, and we'll keep pouring it out for you. I love that and, question. Uh, I think it's great. Whoever, whoever gets it right, you know, you just got bronzed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this week in the Sun Belt, Thursday night, Troy at Coastal. I know who we're pulling for in that one. Uh, we also have on Saturday Texas State – at Ooh La La, Louisiana Monroe at App State, Arkansas Freaking State. Warhawks. <laughs> Arkansas State at South Alabama, Georgia State at Georgia Southern for the Georgia State Championship. 
I think I think we should play whoever's playing App State in the backgrounds like fight song just just go for the hell of it. But no, um, we could put Duck I Dynasty play. on because ULM is down the street from Duck Commander. They're like really close to each other. I know a guy from Monroe, Louisiana, that said that you can go by one and see the other as you drive, drive down the street. Nice, Joe. Obviously, we all know who we got uh, Thursday night. We've got we've got the, the men of Teal uh, on the surf turf. Yep. Uh, all right, roll, roll with it again, Chili. Next game. All right, so we got uh, Texas State, Louisiana. I think the Cajuns are going to win that one easy. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't. Nothing comes easy Uh-oh. to them. Come on, Joe. Playing. I mean, I who? I mean, figure Louisiana. I mean, how in the world do they find themselves in the dogfight at Arkansas State? I mean. You know, no offense to Arkansas State, and maybe they figured some things out, and they still gave up a 99-yard touchdown to Louisiana for crying out loud. But Louisiana has – I mean, you know, I, I expect them to win this game, but who knows? I mean, they they have the blowout over app. You know, that's awfully impressive, but who can figure that bunch out, you know? But I it's mean, at home, though. I mean, it's at Louisiana. They're, they play – It really, is, and they'll win. Well. I, I expect them to win, but, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating to watch them. I'll take the fighting crawfish. <laughs> okay, so um, we got the great and mighty, powerful Louisiana Monroe Warhawks against Crap State. Um, I mean, <laughs> who do I think is going to win versus who I'm pulling for? Two different teams. I'll be honest. Well, I'm right there with you. Obviously, I mean, the the Warhawks have found something offensively. They they have found some offense. You know, they they have figured it out. Rich Rod there has gotten something going on the offensive side of the ball. Now, do they go to the rock and win? I'm not expecting it. But, boy, would it be great if they did. That could be the pizza roll game of the week. That's the one I'll get pizza rolls out and watch with, I think. We can get them to sponsor us. (laughs) What is the line on that game? I'm interested. What is the line on that game? Let me pull that one up real quick. I didn't have it. I just want to know. I just – who do I think is going to win? App. Who do I want to win? ULM. But here's my thing. Hangover game. How, I go back to my quest earlier. How much did they expend to win our game? They ran the fake or they ran the onside. They put um, peoples out there and he was not 100%. Notice they didn't put him in in like real big long yardage plays. You know, what is that? And, and unlike this time where they had, you know. He sure, eight, looked, nine, good on, he sure looked good when he gashed us on that long run. I mean, once he broke a line of scrimmage, we didn't have anything after that. It's like, whoop, there he goes. Ah, yep. You know? I still, I mean, he's not 100%, though, I don't think. Line for the ULM App State game. The line is App State 27 and a half. No well, respect for the Bowdens. Ooh. Like, I'm unfortunately going to have to take uh, – Look, App State's gonna get theirs. They got they got two games coming up in the next three or four weeks. They double that. I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut, but I'm gonna take App State. Hey, what do y'all remember what the line was with ULM and Liberty? I mean, that, that was a blowout. Liberty's way too like much. thirty plus. Yeah, thirty and a half. It was thirty and a half. So ULM can climb that mountain. Mm. Thank you, thank you, uh, thank uh, you. We haven't even gotten Georgia Southern yet, which is even better, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Arkansas State at South Alabama. The line is South Alabama by nine. Coming up at five o'clock on Saturday on your ESPN. I'm going to go crazy and say, where's it at? Where's the game at? It's at, at South, South Alabama. Alabama. It wouldn't shock me to see Arkansas State rolling there and win. I mean, they, you know, not at all. It wouldn't shock me to see that. I mean, where, where is South Al? I mean, they go blow out, you know, Georgia Southern. You know, they're, of course, Georgia Southern's not very good. But then they turn right around and lose to ULM. So, I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me if Butch Jones, you know, they, they might have gotten a little bounce out of almost beating Louisiana. Maybe they maybe they roll into Mobile and get that win. Wouldn't shock me a bit. See, I got to eat some crow, Joe. You mentioned that a while ago. About two podcasts ago, I was, you know, raving about South Alabama possibly being the best team in the West. I'm just going to, you know, forget I said that. I don't, believe, I don't mean it anymore. I saw them play their last game, and they did not look good. Um, and I feel like now with you know Arkansas State only being a nine-point underdog at 
south. I feel like you guys, I think there's something there for Oregon State to have a shot to win this game legitimately. So I'm not going to rave about the Jaguars anymore. I'm just, I'm done with them. You know, my I, I'm on the side of my head tells me to go with the Jags, but my football gut tells me to go with Oregon State. Georgia State at Georgia Southern. Georgia State is a five-point favorite. I'll take State because Southern can't they, – they can't well, find it right. I'm taking Georgia State, too, the fighting Sean Elliott's. Yeah, they, they can't find it right now, which because that means, of course, they'll beat them by 27 or something. Like <laughs> exactly, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's interesting. Um we need, you know what? I hope, I hope old Boogie puts the night on App State. Um, but I, you know, it's it, who knows, man. Again, we, we got to win our game Thursday night. But yeah, yeah we got to take care of our business. I mean, some Bell East is wide open. Four teams at two and one. Louisiana four and zero. Oh, they've got control of the West. But we got to go. We got to go take care of business Thursday night. Period. Period. All if right. we don't, then. We just worry about what, what ball we're going for. Trivia time. TD, you'll never get this one this week. Great. I did some coastal sports history research. Oh, you might get it. I don't know. You, you tricked me last time. I didn't think you were going to get that one, but you ended up getting it. Um, no offense. So here's your question, TD. What sport and opponent did Coastal play in its first ever intercollegiate contest? If you'd like a hint, I can give you the year for that. Look at his face, Joe. Wait a minute, I thought we, I thought <laughs> you were just going to be football questions, man. Um, what sport? What sport and play? opponent did Coastal play in its first ever intercollegiate contest? All right, time out. We were a junior college first. Then we were – Incorporated as Division One school after being in NAIA after being junior college in 1983. So, am I getting close? No, you're actually working the wrong direction. Okay, so I need to go backwards. From, back so you're talking about so back when we were a junior college or back when we were NAIA? Let me give you. I'll tell you what. Let me give you the year that may help you out. Okay, I was gonna say yeah because there's three different phases of when we went. We went. JUCO, mm-hmm. NAIA, and then right. But so when we were this, JUCO, we had basketball. This contest happened in the year 1961. So we'd only had either basketball or baseball. I'm gonna go with basketball. Do I have the sport? You have the sport correct. Sport. He feels a little relieved, Joe. Look at look at his face. I think Dan Silva. This is the part we have on YouTube is watching TD figure the trivia out. This is the best part of the whole show for me. 1961 (laughs) basketball, and we would have played probably in that inner Carolina like league where we're playing like Coker and um, wait a minute. Was it was it Coker? Did we play Coker and, and be geographically? You are geographically, you are there, if you will. Oh. Look at this. I'm not. so proud of him. Joe, you looking it up first, or you were you, you watching no, I, him? <laughs> so I'm not far. It was the it was like the inner Carolina league, in intra Carolina league, for those that didn't know. There was like it was it predated the Peach, the Peach Conference, which is division two with Francis Marion and Coker and and others. Um. Oh man, so I'm in the right region. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not Coker, then it couldn't have been. We couldn't have Francis Marion. All right, so I need a ruling on this, Joe. You're the you're the uh, you're the two unbiased. Minutes. We got two minutes. TD said that um, it is basketball, and we played Francis Marion. The answer was basketball. The opponent at that time was called USC Florence. 
Florence. Wait a minute. Yeah, but that would have been Francis Marion, though, would it not? That's what I'm saying. You said Francis Marion. I agree with you. I'm just trying to make sure. Joe, can we give him oh, that? Oh, with that. Hey. Yeah, I'm, 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 I give him five. Yeah. I'm, After further the, review. Judges say good. <laughs> Look how elated he is. I want to get like a video just like him, just you know, montage of him doing this every time he gets one right. <laughs> so let's get this right. I'll work back to 1961 basketball. Technically, it's USC Florence, but it was Francis Marion. I think it was the same school. I mean, I don't know anything else in Florence that's USC related or collegiate, except Florence Darlington Tech. No offense to anybody in Florence. The flow dart fighting whip in tennis. Um, <laughs> all right, so we got to. Joe says we're 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 getting close on time. We got to wrap yep, this. We got to wrap up. it. All right, y'all. You can find us on Twitter at the Strut Podcast, as well as Instagram, Facebook page, the Strut Podcast. Uh, don't forget to hit us up on the look here above the talkback line. You've got a number of things you can do, or you can just leave us a message and say hello. We we love all the fan interaction, we love the tweets, all that kind of stuff. So, guys, please hit us up. Joe TD, y'all got anything you want to share before we call it an evening? See you at the stadium Thursday night. We'll be on the air at 6 o'clock on WRNN, WRNN.net. But bring your radio. See you at the stadium with your – well, it's blackout night, so wear the black. We'll have some teal on, but it's blackout night. See you at the stadium. That's right. Hey, be loud, be proud, and be Shauna Clear. Be in the stadium. Fans, that's it for this week's edition of The Strut. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next week with another CCU Sports Roundup, checking out the various sports happening around Coastal's campus and beyond. We'll have a recap of the Troy, hopefully, victory. Nah, we're going to win. And we'll also look ahead to our next opponent. Hopefully, we'll have another mullet minute to bring to you as well. Hope you enjoyed it this week. We'll see you next week here on The Strut. You can find us on social media, Twitter, and Instagram at The Strut Podcast, as well as Facebook, The Strut Podcast. Hope to hear from you soon.